We are back with another Ticket Express Husker Doc Talk podcast. I'm Travis Justice. He, former Husker All-American, 1994 Big 8 Athlete of the Year, and now he's a doctor. La-di-da. I like to think about stuff. <laughs> Dr. Rob Zadiska. How are you doing tonight? I'm awesome. Dude, you are. That's why I love you so much. You know, you, you left your hat at my house. You have your hat back. You're oh, in such a good mood I now. I am so happy. This is my favorite hat. This is my... I've been... Mis- this is like that one hat that fits absolutely perfect. I mean, it was funny because you left it like two weeks ago, and you called me right away. It was like... You were like a baby that lost his like, blanket. I, I, was like, I was like an adult that lost their <laughs> smartphone. It's like... Felt like you lost your life there. All for a I bit. could picture you was snuggled up in your bed with Jen in the fetal position, sucking my, your thumb. My hat. <laughs> Where's your oh. hat? It's a good looking lid, though. You got to admit. It is a good looking lid. How come I don't have one? It, it's a camo Nebraska Orthopedic Hospital hat. I don't have one. I'm going to see what I can do to get you one. I'm going to, I really am. Because right. this might be the most comfortable. Did you try it on? No. I, I mean, because I, I figure your head is sacred and that your sacred head and, and stuff that's been on your head should not touch mine. You know, there's probably some stuff that's touched <laughs> my head that you don't want on yours, I guess. It's kind of Lord knows what, what a super bugs I'm picking up at the hospital on occasion. You know, everybody's listening right now. Are you too going to talk football? Are you two going to talk football? Or are you just going to talk about a camo hat? I didn't listen to this thing to talk about camo hats. I listened to this thing to talk about football. Well, hold, <laughs> hold on a second. You know, I, I just slipped the hat off. Now, it is a real tree camo hat. Real so tree camo hat. I suppose if you wanted to talk sports, we could morph into outdoor talk. But here. that's not sports. And I know there's hunters and fishermen out there. What do you mean? Hunting's a sport? No, it's not. Well, it takes hand-eye coordination. It's an activity. Have you, have you ever tried to shoot a dove? No. Or a quail? I got news for you. I don't they have a are, gun. They are you quick. can have your guns. I just they don't have quick. one. All right. Well, I know whose house I'm going to burn. Now, now, why do you got to say that on the podcast? <laughs> I've got other things. I've got other things for protection. <laughs> I ain't messing with your wife. I'll say that. <laughs> so coming up uh, this she's, weekend, she's a nice looking lady, but I know she's got a she, she's got a mean streak if she needs to bring the wood. Coming up this weekend is the spring game. I've never really understood the concept of seventy five, eighty thousand people filing into a stadium to watch a game that doesn't count and is really nothing but a glorified scrimmage. But I can tell you that people love it, and a when glor- pe- a glorified scrimmage. It's a scrimmage. Yeah, but well, okay. You got now. You've got frills on it. Yeah, it, it, it's not like it's a, a scrimmage played as an actual game. It is a live dress rehearsal. How's that? <laughs> That's kind of harsh, isn't it? No, it's the truth. Yeah, it sometimes is. the truth has to be harsh. Although. They make revenue on this. They make a lot of revenue. They make a ton of money and let's on be, this thing. And, and you know what? I, I never. And Chad calls me from Ticket Express at TicketExpress.com. He's like, hey, talk about the fact that we've got club-level seats for sale. And think about that. There is supply and demand for club-level seats for a, the for a spring, spring game. game. But here's what's great, really, for the average fan, and, and I sincerely mean this, because there's plenty of people that, A, go to Husker games during the season and have to sit in the north end zone or the south end zone and like the top row 
who look over at those shiny red seats with seat backs. And when it gets cold, they get to go inside. They get you know nice little bathrooms. They get good food. And they sit there. What would it be like to, to sit there? What would it be like to, to, to be in those seats? Well, for the spring game, that's possible. Go to TicketExpress.com because Chad has club-level seats. Now and, you can find out. And, and it's going to feel like you're at an actual game because yeah. there's going to be 70,000 people yeah. there. And, and they're reasonable. They're not, like, they're not regular season prices for these. Uh, you can go online and find a very reasonable club-level seat uh, for sale at TicketExpress.com. So, so do that. If you want to know what it's like to sit there, just just do that. It's the best way. To, and even if you're looking for a spring game ticket, you can pick it up at TicketExpress.com. As we are now on the countdown to the spring game, what's go to me? If I'm Bo Pelini getting ready for this thing, my number one objective as a coach is make sure nobody gets hurt. Second thing is. Get a good evaluation off the players you need to get a good evalu- evaluation off of. And number three, get Johnny Stanton enough snaps that he thinks he's actually in the running and doesn't transfer. How's that? Are you serious? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think if they're looking at this guy as potentially a really, really good solid backup, which I think he could be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hear great things about Riker Fife. It's just that... My my worry is is that Riker Fife is going to be the next Ron Kellogg. He's going to be a really really good guy. If you have a if you have an injury and then you have another injury, he's going. To, it's like the second or second or and since we had Ron Kellogg, I guess it'd be the third coming of Matt Terman. He's one of those guys who you, you got to have. You got to have a couple of guys who are really really good ball players who are really really good quarterbacks who are going to stick around and they're going to be okay backing somebody up for two or three years. And it's kind of hard to find that in this day and age where guys are looking to transfer and guys are looking to get on the field and they want that immediate gratification of going to college and being the starting quarterback somewhere. If that's at Nebraska, if that's at Eastern Illinois, so be it. But I'd be a little bit worried about a guy like Johnny Stanton deciding, hey, I'm not getting enough snaps. They're not giving me enough true evaluation. Are they really taking my chances seriously enough? I'm going to start looking at going somewhere. So yeah, i got to be honest. I really, now you have freaked every Nebraska I, well, fan Well, and it's out. one of those things. I hadn't really thought about that until tonight, but then all of a sudden I'm sitting here thinking – yeah, maybe there is a chance. Can you imagine the the water cooler talk, the coffee shop? Shit, man. Did you hear Dr. Rob, Rob on the podcast? Rob said Johnny Stan's transferring. <laughs> it's a done deal. Man. He's going to Dayton. That Dr. Rob's a smart guy. He knows what he's talking about. I've got inside connections. <laughs> Actually, you know, just in case somebody is listening, I have heard nothing to the extent. I'm trying to clarify that. I'm just saying... If I'm the coaching staff, you get, in this day and age, you kind of got to think about that. I mean, you look at the the players that Nebraska's lost. I mean, you look at Green's brother who up and left and is now the starring running back for Texas Christian. I mean, you, you, Nebraska's lost good players to transfer over the last handful of years here. And so I, I, I think it's a legitimate concern of the coaching staff that you've got to pay a little bit of playing time lip service to some of these guys just to make sure they do stick around. I think back to when I was in college, man, we had 
we had Division One starting running backs that went eight deep on the depth chart, and so you gotta you gotta make sure you hold on to some of these guys in this day and age. Anymore, you're lucky if you can keep two or three guys like that on a roster. What um, you know, as you, in all seriousness, no, as you get ready for the spring game, what what are the coaches looking for? What what do they want to get out of this thing? You know, this is the last round of player evaluation and development. I think the players are more concerned a little bit about development in regards to, okay, you put up a couple months of hard workouts during winter conditioning, this is your chance go out and see what you can do on the field in terms of making yourself a better player, getting yourself in a little bit of game and practice shape for the coming up, for the season when fall camp starts in this fall, which it's not that far off. So I think that's what the players are thinking when the coaches are looking at this. It's an evaluation period, and I think the guys they're looking at, you know, I you can talk about Johnny Stanton and Tommy Armstrong all you want. You're looking at the positions where you got to replace guys. You're looking at the defensive line. You're looking at the defensive backfield a little bit. Who are you going to replace John Baptiste with? I mean, you got some of these guys like that that you got to replace. Um, you're looking again running back i think is pretty set but look at the tight ends you look at the wide receivers you're looking at these places where you've got holes to fill and then you're looking at a whole slew of young players you're looking at the freshmen you're looking at the sophomores you're taking a hard look at the guys who came in early coming out of high school and you're looking at the guys who are coming off of those red shirt years and who are these young guys who are going to make a strong move, who are going to be these young guys that are going to show up and be on that two, maybe three deep for the fall camp? He's Dr. Rob Zadisk. I'm Travis Justice. Do you like what you hear? Well, I hope so. You can also hear it Friday nights on 1620 The Zone in Omaha. It's the Ticket Express Doc Talk radio show. We are on from 6 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Again, that's every Friday night on 1620 The Zone in Omaha with the Ticket Express Doc Talk radio show. Will the players be following the situation at Northwestern closely? And, and that is the Northwestern players are going to vote on April 25th on whether or not to form a union, uh, a vote that I think could have a lasting and not, in my mind, a good effect on college football or college athletics if they decide to do so. Well, it's an oft-used metaphor, but this is kind of the veritable Pandora's box here that I think they're potentially opening. I, You know, i got to be honest. I'm not sure how much impact this has in the sense of what guys nationally are looking at here. And I, I think it's got to have a little bit, and I'm sure guys are paying attention to it to some degree, I think the guys at Northwestern, you know, they're kind of giving lip service to the whole we're doing this for safety reasons. The NFL, the unions has put – they're the watchdog for player safety in the NFL, blows to the heads, the concussions uh, issues. And one of the things they've talked about is how college football players don't have that. Now, I, I know they've had the rules about the targeted hits, the unprotected players leading with the head – uh, the blind side hits, but you really don't hear a lot about the concussion issue as it applies to college football players. You hear about it with the NFL all the time, yeah. but there's been some of these potentially con the, the CTE, the chronic traumatic encephalopathy. You, you've heard some of the CTE supposedly related player suicides 
are actually college football players that where this has popped up, and you don't hear about that as much with the NFL. And so some of these guys at Northwestern, Kane Coulter, I know in particular, have made the point that this is one of the issues that they feel really strongly about is sort of a, a voice for player safety. Now, I think the bigger issue is that you've got the college football playoff coming up, and I think anybody with even remotely half a brain on their head is looking at this as just an absolute massive, massive, to an unimaginable degree, windfall for the NC2A. The dollars, I think, are going to be astronomical that come out of this. And I think all of a sudden the players are sitting here going, okay, you know what? You saw the little with, with who was it? Bannon and uh, Zach Lee and the guys who did the the video game lawsuit against yeah. the, the NC2A. Ed O'Bannon. Ed O'Bannon. O'Bannon, sorry. Anyway, I said Bannon. I just wanted to say Banyan, but anyway, fine. The, the UCLA basketball player. That, that's that? good. There we that's go. That's good. But you saw that lawsuit, which... And it was Sam Keller, wasn't Zach Lee. Was it Sam Keller? Yeah, it was Sam Keller. I thought it was Zach No, Lee. it was it was Sam Keller, and, and, and Ed O'Bannon was the big name on that. Okay, Sam so, Keller j- jumped in on that. Okay, so y- you had a group of college athletes. The, <laughs> the video game law... I've Real just, memorable ones, I've right? I completely botched <laughs> the, the names here. A- anyway, that Do you even was... consider Sam Keller a Husker? I mean, really. You know what? I really liked the guy, and the reason I liked the guy is because he came in and he got knocked on his backside because he had this absolutely pitiful offensive line blocking for him for almost two the, the almost two seasons that he played. A- anyway, I, and the point I'm trying to make here is I appreciate the guy that Sam Keller was, the punishment he took, and the situation he came into as not being a quote-unquote Nebraska guy. And taking it, and he would always stand up and say, hey, we're just going to get back in there and keep fighting. I I loved his post-game interviews because it was ridiculous how bad an offensive line he had in front of him (laughs) and how little coaching staff support he was getting. Anyway, bigger issue here is that you had a group of players with, you know, O'Bannon and Keller and everybody else who filed the lawsuit against the NC2A and EA Sports. And it was a player likeness marketing issue. It was a player licensing, a player image licensing issue that was at stake here. Now, that I think has become small potatoes relative to what we see happening with these players at Northwestern and the big picture that you see going on and what their goals are at Northwestern and what's going to happen if this unionization idea decides it's going to catch like wildfire and spread to all the other major universities around the country. Now, I think the the guys at Northwestern have made the point that they are looking at this as a player safety issue much bull crap no i now i agree but i mean that's kind of what they're giving lip service to if you look at the nfl where the players union is doing in my opinion a crappy job the national labor relations board said here's the deal the the reason they approved is because the hours are working it's not a 20-hour work week it's a 40-hour work week and therefore you're an employee well i could have said that and it's not a 40-hour work week it's about an 80-hour work week during the season and it's about a 40-hour work week during the off season on top of being a full-time student well and we work hard for a living and we move on down the line for those of us who actually went through four years and got a degree 
<laughs> a- anyway, but I mean, the, the you got the NFL union who has done a lot of lip service, not a lot of true action, but a lot of lip service to the whole idea of player safety in the NFL. And you hear about a little bit of that in college football, referencing targeted hits, blindside hits, uh, leading with the head, etc. But when you think about player safety, the concussion issue, things like that, you think NFL football, you don't think college football. But when you look at some of these issues of the CTE, the chronic traumatic encephalopathy-related player suicides, again, you think the NFL – but there's been a small handful of these guys who are actually college football players. And so the problem here, though, is that I, that's not the goal of these guys. I, I think the big picture is is they're looking at this absolutely insane amount of money that's potentially coming down the pike here in the next few years when the NC2A gets their butt really in gear and realizes that a four-team playoff is just the tip of the iceberg it's going to really quickly progress to an eight-team and then a 16-team and then maybe even a 32-team playoff when they realize the, the oceans of coin that are going to get brought in by this. And the players are looking at that as well, too. The, again, despite the blows to the head, these guys aren't stupid, especially those Northwestern players. And I think they're looking at this as a matter in which they can somehow get revenue generated for them. And I think they should – the worry is, is again, I, I keep referencing the, the metaphorical Pandora's box that gets off used. You're going to open this up and realize that there's something hopeful in there at the bottom of the box, but you got to realize there's taxes, there's Social Security, there's union dues. There's, I, I mean, there's a whole well, host of issues here that they're going to have to deal with. And that's why I say if you want to become an employee and you want a paycheck, fine, you're going to pay taxes on that. Your, your, your college is no longer free, by the way. You're going to have to pay tuition, all right? If you want a paycheck, you're going to pay tuition. You're going to pay for your books. You're going to pay for your meals because that's what real employees do. Then if I'm an athletic director and if I'm a college president, I'm going to look at the athletic department and say, you're one big corporation. And so as a corporation, you have subsidiaries underneath you. Those subsidiaries are, are, are sports or businesses. And if your business crew... If you're rifle, bowling, women's softball, women's basketball in a lot of cases, if you're not making money, I'll even go wrestling, baseball in a lot of places, gymnastics. If your sport is not making money, if you're not creating positive cash flow and your budget and revenue is not in the black at the end of the year, we're going to cut you because you're no good to the business model. To me, if you become an employee, then Title IX doesn't exist anymore. I know there would be a lot of legislators who disagree with that. The Supreme Court may disagree with that. But in my mind, if we're going to treat it as a business, then I'm going to look at each individual revenue model and say one makes money, one doesn't. I I think it would destroy non-revenue athletics as they exist today. I I agree with you in that point. Now, I think... You look at the guys who are going to be running these programs, you look at the athletic directors, you look at the university presidents, you look at the guys who are running the major conferences, I think it becomes an easy job for them. I think they would ultimately like this idea. In a sick way. Well. Or because they're that greedy? 
it becomes easier for them. I, I think partially because of the greed issue, but at the same time, too, from a management but, issue, do you, do you want to regulate? Well, do you want to sit around and try and figure out a way to pay for women's soccer? Well, I was or say, do you want to? Now, and it's one of those things. I love Coach Walker. I've met the guy. He's a great guy. I don't say this to to denigrate women's soccer, but I'm saying from a financial standpoint, if you are an administrator running a business and you've got a sport that's not making money, would you? You don't have to figure out how to pay for and it. By the anymore. way, the majority it's of college sports gone. So let's think about this. Nebraska has what eighty five, ninety million dollar yearly budget, right around there. At least that wouldn't change. Because it's all coming from football. It's all coming from football, and now basketball will start making a little. So you, if you just kept those sports, you get the same budget. You run two sports, maybe three. That's my point. It is an easy job. It would make it so much easier on these guys. I think they would love it. Oh, the, I, th- I think they are biding their time for this to happen. See what we have to think about? So many possibilities. The truth is none of us know what's going to happen. But there are lots of possibilities. Oh, I know Johnny Stanton's transferring. I heard it. Now, don't. I know these things. Don't do that. <laughs> He's Dr. Rob Zadisk. I'm Travis Justice. Make sure to listen to the Ticket Express Doc Talk Radio Show. Friday nights at 6 o'clock on 1620 The Zone in Omaha. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Ticket Express Husker Doc Talk Podcast where we review the spring game. Talk to you next week, everybody. Have a good one.